Previously on Just Cow in the City. Everybody thinks you're funny. I'm just going to be honest with you. You're not that funny. He plays a secret service guy in guarding tests. It's perfect. What is the point of a 24-hour rest area if you're closed? I live in New York City. Oh, the city that never sleeps, which completely sleeps. Where does a straight man pull out something from once upon a mattress in his repertoire while he's folding laundry? That's because he's an ass. He's always in trouble, as if he was a third grader. He's like Barney Rubble. He seems pretty dumb, but he always has fun. Just cow in the city. Pressure is low. Just cow in the city. He's dynamite. Podcast should be on the radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another truly exciting episode of Just Cow in the City. Oh boy, today's episode's got everything. It's got hangouts, shows, meeting people for the first time, pizza challenges, and a confirmation of Al Pacino greatness. Oh, folks, it's going to be a great show. Welcome to it. This is Juskow in the City. I am Dave Juskow, and I rule this podcast with an iron fist. (laughs) Well, hello, everybody. It is the November 14th edition. In two weeks, we will be celebrating Pranksgiving. And boy, that went fast. You know it is. I say it all the time. Anyway, gloomy day in New York City, of course. On the Thursdays and Fridays when I film, obviously, no sun because those are my days off. God, that makes me angry as hell. But it's still not raining, so I'll take it. And quite frankly, if I'm allowed to sleep late, I'd rather there be clouds because that sun goes right in my face. And I don't have blackout curtains anymore. I mean, I used to have blackout blinds, but they fell down after a good 20-year run. So now that... Sun just goes right in my face. I wonder if that's what destroyed my eyesight. Who knows? Who knows? But I will tell you this. It is an amazing day. Oh, boy, did I take care of some business this morning and last night. I think I will just start you off by saying that last night, on Thursday night, I took the pizza challenge that I said I was going to be doing at this place called Pete and Elda's in Neptune, New Jersey, right by Asbury Park. I think I told you that was one of my plans for one of these Thursdays. There was going to be all-you-can-eat ribs, and then there was going to be the big pizza challenge. The pizza challenge that has been going on for years. Maybe over 15 years ago, I went there with my old girlfriend, and it was the first time I went there, and I found out about this pizza challenge. It's been going on a long time. And everybody's like, oh, my kid did that, my kid did that. But I don't think there's anyone my age who's ever done it. Although they probably have. I just, seems like everybody's kids do. Oh, my kid does that every week. Because what they do is, you know, they have a new shirt every month. 
So you come in and, and do it. So that is where we will begin today's podcast. As I went into New Jersey yesterday on uh, one of these random Thursdays left before I can't do anything on Thursdays anymore because I'll be teaching a class. I went to go visit Rhoda. I went to get my car. Sir, I hadn't been to the Jiffy Lube in a long time, but uh, none of the guys I knew were there anymore. And they just gave me, you know, I mean, there's something wrong and yet there's nothing wrong. So it's really complicated to tell them what's wrong. Uh, but I stopped there first and then I went to Rhoda's and Rhoda's so annoying. I saw there was a grocery list on her table. And so we went downstairs to have, I just, all I ate was a salad. I knew I was doing the pizza challenge at around 536 o'clock. I knew I was going to eat a double extra large 18-inch pie within 30 minutes on that day. I knew that was the plan going in. I ate plenty on the night before because why wouldn't I? And then, of course, I pulled the Joey from Friends and had a little something for breakfast because let me explain to you how the human body works. Hey, what are you doing? You've got to save room. You've got almost an entire turkey to eat. Let me explain to you how the human body works. I have to warm up my stomach first. Eating chips is like stretching. Okay. Well, don't worry. Tribbiani's never get full. I actually know what you're talking about. I'm here to tell you something, friend. You can eat and eat and eat, but nothing will ever fill that void. <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? No, I just had a couple of munchkins and some coffee. And then when I met my mother, I said, well, you know what? I'm going to have a tiny salad. I'm going to have a salad. I had a, a couple of pieces of lettuce and two tomato, like, slices. And that's all I had at 1 o'clock. And then we went back up to my mother's, and I said, uh, hey, I see I, I got three hours to kill. I see you got that grocery list. Why don't we go shopping? Nah, I don't want to bother you. And I'm like, it's not a bother. I got nothing to do, and I don't want to hang out here, so why don't we just go food shopping? Nah, I don't want it. You have a lot going on. And I was like, forget it. I'm not even going to ask anymore. Later on, I found out, I called my sister later after the entire night was over. And I said, and she goes, oh, did you take Rhoda shopping? And I'm like, no, she told me not to. What? Apparently, my sister was like, well, David will come down and he'll take you shopping. And she just didn't want me to be bothered because I'm the oldest son. So Jewish mothers don't bother their sons. They bother their daughters with all the nonsense. So Beth can all get it for her stuff. It's just so annoying because I had nothing but time and I totally could have done it and or even better, my mother could have said, can you pick up some stuff on the way? You know, like toilet paper. And I would have been sure. Brilliant. I've got nothing but time to kill. I think she still thought I had my class, so I get panicked and I rush out. But even when I am panicked and rush out, I'm never rushing out. I'm still spending two or three hours there. I just start to get stomach issues because I start to panic. But Anyway, yesterday that didn't happen, and we just sat down and we watched Caddyshack together. And I got to say, uh, uh, <laughs> that was kind of fun. And then vacation came on after that. And since I realized I'll be teaching these things this semester, I was like, well, this will be fun. And I was explaining to my mother why. She's like, this is disgusting, and this isn't that funny. And I'm like, no, uh, that's what I'm teaching. It, it, it's, it, it was funny, and now it's still funny to me, but I don't think it would be funny to a kid that would watch it now. And that is, in fact, what will be completely fascinating about this new class. But that's a whole other thing. Now, let me tell you about the pizza challenge. So I, might, I call my friend Chris Donahue. I said, I'm doing the pizza challenge. 
or I'm go- I'd like to do the peach pod. Can you make it? I'm not going to go by myself. So he goes, yeah, I'll come down and my wife will come down too. I'm like, great. And then I called my friends Victoria and Lou and I said, I'm doing the pizza challenge. Do you guys want to come? And they're like, yeah, we'll come too. And I'm like, great. I have an audience. I got people that can videotape it, which I have. So you will see us, all this on the bonus show if you're a Patreon subscriber. The pizza eating challenge. Yeah, I went to Chris's house first and he's like, do you want a beer? And I'm like, no, I can't have a beer. I am saving myself for eating a whole pizza. Beer is too filling. He goes, no, this is Miller beer. It's less filling. Light beer from Miller. Everything you've always wanted in a beer and less. You know, one of the best things about being an ex-big leaguer is getting freebies to the game. Call the front office, bingo. And once these fans recognize me, I probably won't even have to pay for my light beer from Miller. Down it! <laughs> I love them. These fans know I drink light because it's less filling and it tastes great. Good seats, huh? You're in the wrong shape, buddy. Come on. Oh, I must be in the front come on, row. Come on, come on. Light beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer and less. Good seats, hey, buddy. He missed the tag. He missed the tag. So I'm like, well, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought a man was going to eat that pizza today. I'm like, you know, this is what guys do. So I had three quarters of the beer because he has it in the frosted mug. And you know how I like that. I love going to his house. So I had a little bit of the beer. I was like, whatever, I can handle this. I can handle this. I'm a man, kind of. That's in quotes. So we go to this place. It's like five minutes away from his house. It's perfect. I'm getting a little nervous. And we got there. I went to the waitress. I'm like, good evening. Uh, I would like to make a a table for five. I will be doing the pizza challenge today. (laughs) They couldn't care. Well, actually, they were really nice about it. I guess they don't get people like that that come in all animated and stuff and get excited. So she goes, I'm going to give you the best server. And I'm like, thank you. And uh, she was very nice. And she really gave us a terrific server. And we had to wait till everybody was there. So Chris and Victoria and Lou came a little late, like, you know, 10 minutes later. So we were waiting at the bar. Everybody has to, you know, come before they're seated. Monica and Chris are drinking beer, and I just, you know, the bartender seemed to get mad. I'm like, just water for now. I will be doing the pizza challenge. And he seemed really annoyed. So I sit down at the table. I'm like, I'm doing the pizza challenge. I was telling everybody. It was, uh, I don't know. I, don't, I felt like uh, like in Wayne's World. Like, Alice, is this cool? I was showing everybody my badges like I'm doing the pizza challenge. But I was very excited. So they knew what I was doing. So then, then I, so it's a double extra large cheese pizza. You don't want to get toppings. You know, you could, but you'd be an idiot to get toppings, right? Because that's extra. It's, it's a thin crust. So right there, you know, that seems it. Because you got to eat the crust because that's a problem for me. If this was, I order a double extra large. This is why I was pretty sure I could do it. I order a double extra large pizza sometimes on a Sunday knowing full well that I'll eat it Monday or Tuesday night, the rest of it, right? So what is that? Maybe it's eight slices, which seems like it should be a lot more. And maybe I'll have four or five slices. And I'm like, you know, I could probably finish this pie, but I'll put it aside till tomorrow. It's really difficult to do. And I'm like, well, I'll just take those feelings and just finish the pie this time. This is my mentality. And I would not be able to do this contest if I had to eat the crust of a regular pie. I never eat the crust of a regular pie. I prefer eating the pizza unless I'm only getting two slices. But if I'm eating a pizza pie, a pizza pie, then I just like the pizza part. Why would I want the crust? The crust is disgusting. I want something with sauce and cheese. So then I throw the crust aside like a 
I could, like I eating a banana, I take one bite of the banana, I throw it out, and I open another. Because I saw that on, what is it, Yogi's Ark? Oh, my God, how can I remember that as a kid? Well, listen, maybe it taught me something. Yogi's Ark, Yogi's Ark. It was a Saturday morning cartoon show, fucking horrible. They took all the Hanna-Barbera characters and put them on a, an ark and then taught us a lesson. And I'll, I guess I remember one of the episodes was that they, they were doing waste and everybody's wasting stuff. And this evil villain was saying, you know, you just take a piece of banana, you throw it out and you do a next one. And they're talking about waste. I'm, well, I guess as much as I didn't want to learn anything on Saturday mornings, it did teach me something. And it's not right to waste. But anyway, when I'm having the crust, I waste it. I throw it in people's face. I throw it in homeless people's faces. No, I don't. I, I do feel a little guilty, but I don't care. And uh, so then I'm like, well, I know you have to eat the crust. You got to eat the whole pie. But on a thin crust, it should be easy. At least that's my theory. So then everybody's ordering what they're ordering. You know, they're ordering appetizers. And, and Chris and Monica are like, we're ordering garlic bread. I hope that's not going to be a problem. Because they know I can't have it. And Lou ordered chicken parm egg rolls. Hello. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? And I was angry because I'm like, Jesus, next time I come. I'm having all this other stuff. I'm ordering the chicken parm egg rolls. I'm ordering the peel and eat shrimp. I'm ordering the roasted clams. I mean, I'm going to go to town next time I'm there and not with the pizza. But I was focused. I just said, I just said, bring me some water. And then I'm going to you know, order the pie. So everybody starts ordering their food. And even Victoria orders an extra large pie. And I'm like, what? I don't, I don't think they fit it. I don't know. And I'm like, wait, if you're ordering extra large and I'm just ordering and you're just a girl <laughs> and I'm ordering a double extra large and I'm expected to finish that. I mean, what, what is the difference here? But there is a difference. Like I said, it's 18 inches and it comes. I got photos of everything and I bought my own timer because I don't think they care. If you finish it in 30 minutes, I think they'll give you the T-shirt anyway if it takes longer. But I bought my own timer because it was exciting. And Lou took a video of it, and he put it on Instagram. Lou Pellegrino. You can find that on Instagram if you don't aren't a Patreon subscriber. And so, finally, you know, they're eating their appetizers, and I am sitting there panicked. You know, all day I was panicked. I'm just sitting there, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm sitting there with my mother watching Caddyshack, but I'm, you know, rubbing my... My hand on the thing. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> let's get this. Let's get this going. I know I got a big eating challenge coming my way. And then uh, I got a call from Sarah's manager, and you know Sarah had been hosting the Daily Show all week, so she's like, "Hey, we're gonna go out to dinner to this place." I'm like, "I'm I'm in a pizza eating contest. I can't. T- I didn't know what else to say. I couldn't tell the whole thing, so I just said I'm in a pizza eating contest, which is kind of what it is anyway. So it doesn't really make a difference." So the pizza comes. I don't know which one's mine. They all look the same to me, but then they're like, oh, this is yours. I I guess it's a little bigger than everybody else's, but it's just sitting there on top, and it's ready to go, and you'll see it. It's about the size of my head. (laughs) Maybe it's about three times the size of my head. I kept watching videos about Everybody says, oh, fold it over, you know, eat two pieces at once, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm eating one slice at a time. This is the way I want to do it. I really think I can pull this off. I've been planning for this my whole life, and pretty much this is probably the last year I can do something like this anyway. I, you know, there's video of the clock starting. I started it myself. It's not like they started. And I take the first piece, we got video, and start the clock, and don't talk to anybody for a while. 
because that's also the plan. That's what Chris told me. His son said, don't talk. You know, just keep eating. Like Everybody gave me advice, just like that show Man versus Food. Here's the best way to handle it. So fold it over, fold over two pieces. Because then Lou said, once you eat it like Saturday Night Fever, I had two pieces at one time. And I wanted to do that too, but I wasn't going to stray from what I was doing, which was seemed to be working. So I have one piece, and then, of course, I have a hilarious photo of me falling asleep right after the first piece and also raising the white flag. Two bits that if I didn't do, I think you all would have been disappointed. So I definitely have, I took one, you can see, I have one piece, and then I'm fast asleep at the table. <laughs> because, because, folks, that's comedy. And that's what that girl last week just wouldn't understand. That's comedy. See, when it bends, it's funny. But when it breaks... It's comedy. Anywho, so I'm going, I'm eating, I'm doing good. I got plenty of time left. I think with nine minutes gone, I maybe had two, three pieces left. So I was, wasn't worried about the time. It was just a matter of, because then it started to get a little oily. Like the whole piece was oil. Like I should have taken a towel and, you know, somehow, you know how you used to do that on pieces. Sometimes take a paper towel, take off all the oil. But that's unappetizing to watch, too. So you got to be careful. But at the end, it was like the oil on top of the pizza that was actually making me a little sick. And I said to Victoria, it's the oil. She goes, what oil? What oil? There's no oil on the beer. I mean, she gets so combative. But there was definitely oil on the pizza. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody knows there's oil on good pizza. Pizza has oil. When they put it in that bag, you can see through the bag by the time you get the pizza back to your house. Am I wrong? No. When they have that little tissue paper on top of the uh, uh, pizza, when you get a pie or on the bottom, it's clear because there's oil that comes off. Come on. So that was bothering me a little bit. I'm like, "Mm, I think I can do it. I think I do it. Then I ordered a Pepsi. I ordered a Coke and a Pepsi came. You believe this place? And like, are you crazy? I'm like, no, no, this is perfect. It's exactly what I want. I'll just have a Pepsi and then maybe a a little burping is helpful, (laughs) like a baby. So that was good. It was a giant Pepsi, too. Again, all of this is documented. And then I had two more pieces to go, and I was still doing okay, but like I said, the oil was getting to me a little bit. And then I finished that second to last piece, and the last piece was there, and I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Because I knew I was going to do that bit. I mean, please. You got to do something with the first piece, and you got to do something for the last. You know, I can't do it. I can't do it. And, you know, still got laughs because that that is – I'm done. I'm done. I threw my napkin down. I can't do it. One piece left. One piece of thin. I mean, you got to be kidding me. What kind of man? So I saw that last piece, and we got video, and I took the last, last piece, and I said, I hold in my hand the last piece, kind of like Ed McMahon and Karnak, the great magnet. I hold in my hand the last remaining answer, and then it would get a big applause break. Does anybody remember that? The Tonight Show? The mighty, was it? The Karnak, the magnificent. Yes. I hold in my hand the last envelope. May a weird Martian give your sister a close encounter of the third kind. (laughs) Ben Gay. What won't Anita use no matter how much pain she's in? (laughs) 
May a yak throw up in your pendaflex. That was from my old show on A&E. Anyway, that's a, I'm going all over the place. So I did it. I finished it, and it was exciting. And the waitress came out with the shirt and the presentation. <laughs> and I said, you are going to play We Are the Champions, right? I went, Hello? You're going to play music when you give me the shirt, right? But I think people do it every day, so they didn't. But <laughs> I'll be playing it on the video. I mean, please. And they hand me the shirt, and I got picked. They give. They don't even ask what size. If you're eating that, you automatically get an extra large. <laughs> and I uh, put it on, and then I put it over my regular shirt, and I wore it the rest of the night completely proudly. Now, they change that shirt every month, so you just keep doing it. This is the special Thanksgiving one, which I didn't notice until I got home that it's a giant turkey as the head of the person. But I have joined now the, I remember I always talk about the Heavy Eaters Club, whatever that is, but it's the Pizza Challenge Club. Well, now I'm a member. This is 10 times better than being a member of the Hair Club for Men. So I was extremely filled. Uh, thrilled and filled but i wasn't that filled i really could have eaten i feel done everything backwards and eaten that peel and eat shrimp afterwards i kept saying i should do it just just to say i did it but i'm like come on don't don't do it they kept giving me the they had two leftover chicken parm egg rolls and i was like eh. but they're like come on take it i'm like no 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 let's be smart Let's not have that today. Let's we just ate an entire large pie. Let's relax. And I still went to the bar afterwards and had beer. And they didn't have Oktoberfest. They're already on to the winter lager. And I was like, I'm gonna have that. Because apparently you people are fucking retarded when it comes to that Oktoberfest. It only comes out for two weeks. It, it used to come out at the end of August. Now it just comes out October 13th to the 22nd, and that's about it. Uh, at least the winter lager was delicious. I had a full beer. And it was just, we were just hanging out after. Chris and Monica left, but Victoria and Lou, and oh, and Victoria's brother, Victoria's very handsome brother, he's a rock and roll guy. He came in with his leather jacket. He looked really cool. His name's Laddie. Laddie. Laddie Keelan, everybody. And he came on to uh, cheer me on as well, and... Then we all hung out at the bar, and I had beer, and then I had a second beer, but I had a smaller one. I think I could have had a second one, but again, I was like, why push it? So I had a nice little dainty smaller one at the end, kind of like the ones they serve at that place I went to with uh, Hannah, pretty Hannah, um, McSorley's, where they give you the two dark smaller beers. So it was perfect, because I said, oh, and then that was the same bar, and I was like, so you did it. I'm like, yeah, because I, th I thought I was going to have a problem. I thought he was mad because I, I just wanted water at the bar, and he seemed pretty angry. But then, you know, once he knew I was doing the challenge and I beat it, and then I still wanted beer, he knew he was dealing with a, a man. I can't say man without doing the quotes. I'm doing the air quotes. I, <laughs> because, but come on, that is manly. I, don't, I mean, I think girls do the challenge, but well, let's face it. That's a boy's thing. Except for that. Who's that girl? Black, the Black Widow, Sonia. Something who does the hot dog challenge, the only woman that wins every year with Joey Chestnut. I think Joey Chestnut would be proud. I think um, if I was uh, Jeff Ross, I probably would have had Joey Chestnut come in and give me advice because we probably got to get in touch with him and pretty sure he lives around that Jersey area. That's where all those heavy eaters live. But it was exciting to get the T-shirt. I wore it proudly all day. The wait staff was extremely 
happy for me. I saw a couple other guys where uh, you know they had the shirts on or they had them over, so they also did the challenge. And I can go back every month and get a different T-shirt. Now, isn't that something else? I mean, it you know it takes a lot out of you, but I think I could have. Uh, I, I still could have eaten that shrimp. <laughs> that stuff just doesn't make me full, and it's so delicious. But, you know, what are you looking to happen there? I mean, I didn't have any stomach issues at the time. So what? I'm just, I'm, I'm going to eat until I get stomach issues. I didn't have to go to the bathroom or, or do anything. Everything was fine. And after that, I, I don't know, I was in a really good mood. I, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to get home in the sense of, am I going to be exhausted? You know, after that, you really do usually need a nap. I mean, usually if I eat it at my house, I watch TV, I fall asleep instantly, but I wasn't tired. So I drove home and I drove to get, I stopped to get gas and I stopped at this place to get some, uh, like, a, like a, not a, like a Starbucks refrigerated coffee, you know, like the cold stuff, so just, just a little, I didn't really need coffee. I didn't want to have coffee that time of night, but I just needed a little something like some liquid like last time, but I just didn't feel like juice or water or anything. So I had their little little coffee bottles they sell at the gas stations. And then I called my sister and I told her about the whole day because I didn't feel like going home. It was actually kind of a nice night. I, you know how I always just never want to get back to the city. It's just such a... Because I remember when I got back into the city, I got back in and out of the Lincoln Tunnel and I remember going like this. <sighs> and I was still, you know, when I did that sigh of relief that I'm like, oh, I'm in, I'm in. I was still in Times Square. You know, I'm like, I know, I'm like, well, I'm still not, you know, because then it's like a sigh of relief, and then it's like, you're still going. Until I get to the parking garage, I'm always, you know, there's still just so much uh, uptightness, and, you know, you're in Times Square driving around. It's hard. It's difficult. But I realized I had done the pizza challenge. I was feeling pretty good about myself, and I couldn't wait to tell you guys about it today. Now, here's the best part. I got home. I was feeling pretty good. Actually, I, I couldn't wait to get home. I took the bike and, and raced home because it was a little chilly by then, and I wore the wrong jacket, even though because it wasn't that cold. You know what I'm saying. So I just kind of raced home on the bike, which I was thrilled about. I was so happy to be home, and I just sat, and I think I watched TV for, I don't know, three hours because I was just so happy to just be, ah, oh, you know, like really relaxed. I didn't have to work the next day. And I was just feeling good about just watching TV and having a good time, just being relaxed at home. I did the challenge. It was exciting. You know, it's like, a, I, I can't wait to talk about it, the podcast, all, all that kind of stuff. It's just like a little relaxing. I went to bed around two and woke. Well, then then my stomach started to hurt in the middle of the night a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh, here we go. I mean, that's the most obvious thing that there was. If that didn't happen, I would have thought there's something wrong with me, but then it was only a minor blip, and I went right back to bed, which is surprising for me. And I woke up around, so I woke up around eight fifty. I remember it was eight fifty because I'm like, oh, it's eight fifty already because I wanted to wake up a little earlier, but it didn't matter. And I was hungry, <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I'll go to the diner today. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call Bob, Bob, my the the awesome guy that was friends with Al Pacino, and I will. Okay, so let me tell you this. And I gave him a call. I said, hey, do you want to go to the diner today? Or are you going to the diner today? Sometimes I see him and his wife at the diner. And he goes, no, I'm going to Jimbo's. And I go, you're going to Jimbo's? He goes, yep, I'm leaving in 15 minutes. 
And I said, well, I will meet you at Jimbo's. Now, Jimbo's, I never talk about it. It's right down the street from my house. It's on First Avenue. It's this extremely small little hamburger place that should have been closed after COVID, but it remains open. And I think I've only been there once. They're known for their hamburgers and I guess their breakfast foods. And it's just a sit down, you know, a, a stool like in Superman 2 where the guy spins, uh, where Clark Kent spins him around once he comes back. That's funny. I've never seen garbage eat garbage before. You know, a little stool at the counter. And, of course, Bob knows everyone. So he sat down, had two cups of not delicious coffee, but coffee. And he ordered, I think, an egg on a roll. And I got, because I was in eating mode i think it's really something you know i'm not a breakfast guy but i guess the eating frenzy of yesterday was still like i'm hungry again i'm hungry again i i can't believe it i had what was called the texas burger i had a burger this is at 9 30 in the morning i had a burger with a fried egg on it. I was like, you know what? I want to try a burger with a fried egg on it today. Like, I always seen it. And I'm like, today's the day. If we're eating, let's just go for it all. And I had a burger, the Texas burger. It's called burger with a fried egg, lettuce, tomato. It was fantastic. I ate the whole thing. And some fries on the side, little string fries, you know, I like. It was a great meal. We had a great time. Me and Bob. He knew the whole staff in there, so they were so happy to, oh, Bobby, (laughs) this guy, I'm telling you, he's so fucking cool. And he goes, do you want to come back to the new place? Because they, you know, he used to live in this building, him and his wife, and they moved to uh, a much ritzier place overlooking the water. So I said, you're damn right I do. So I went over there. It was fantastic. And we just sat at the table, and his wife was there. She was like, hey, do you want me to make you a... What'd she say, a cappuccino or a latte or something? I was like, yeah, because I would have drank more coffee, but he wanted to go and bring back stuff to his wife. So we sat around the table and we talked some more. And then I asked him, I said, oh, Kenny or Jody told me about Al Pacino. And Kenny said it was City Hall, but I say it's Injustice for All. He goes, no, it's Injustice for All. Because Kenny had written me, you're wrong, it's City Hall, but it wasn't. It was Injustice for All. I got it right. And he, he named all the movie stuff. I'm like, yeah, I thought that was it. So I couldn't be thrilled that that is an absolute true story. Then he told me everything. Oh, this is great. I can tell you this. It doesn't matter. Well, nothing matters. They're not friends anymore. And then I found out why. It wasn't Diane Cannon, but there is a Diane Cannon story, but uh, that's not why they are not friends anymore. And it's very kind of the way I'm friends with Sarah that I could do this too, and then she probably wouldn't talk to me anymore. But, well, it's not... He became friends when Al Pacino was Al Pacino, and Sarah and I have been friends before she was Sarah, so that would I'd probably get a pass on everything. I guess they used to live around the same neighborhood, and they used to drink together at this bar on Madison Avenue and 69th Street. I, I, when he was working on it, he's like, I'm doing this movie, I'm playing a legal aide, uh, and I, I was wondering if I'd come to one of your court cases. And he goes, sure, let me just tell the judge that you're coming. He goes, no, 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 don't tell anybody I'm coming. He's like, no, no, it's, it's best if I tell the judge because, you know, there could be a friend. He's like, no, 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 don't worry. There, nobody will notice me. I'll dress up. I'll disguise myself. I'll wear a hat. Nobody will know. And he's like, well, I, 
I guess, but it's uh, probably best if I... No, 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 don't don't tell anybody. And uh, he's like, no, I'll make it totally inconspicuous, totally inconspicuous. Well, let's just share a cab down there. At least I'll walk in. No, 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 I'll get there on my own. Don't worry about it. I'll be totally inconspicuous. Nobody will know. So Bob goes down. He's got this big court case. And then he tells me that the marshal gets a call. And he goes, what? What do you mean? It's like you're hearing the other end of it. What kind of commotion? What? Now, remember... This is 1978, okay? Al Pacino truly is maybe one of, maybe the biggest star on the planet. You're talking Godfather, Dog Day Afternoon, and uh, I'm, I'm missing something, but Al Pacino is Al Pacino. Remember, in Saturday Night Fever in 1977, his name is even used. Like, oh my God, I just kissed Al Pacino. You look like Al Pacino. Serpico, right, um... And, and and John Travolta's sitting in the mirror going, Al Pacino. I mean, he's got a poster of Al Pacino. Al Pacino is the shit in 1978. It all goes downhill after that. So he says, there's a, there's a ruckus outside, like a, you know, a, something. And so all the lawyers go outside and, and they go out to see what's going on. And apparently there's a giant white limo outside that should house about 30 people and, and, that's what everybody was going to see and then of course he walks out and some mobs like the guy couldn't he he probably didn't even do it on purpose or maybe he did because these celebrities are so self-centered and crazy i mean how he's like no 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 i'll be inconspicuous so you don't know whether he's even doing it because this is what they do like in the movies or whether he really is just that out of it and stupid and, of course, he calls us a ruckus, and he goes, no, I'm just going to stay. I'm friends with Bob. I'm friends with Bob. So then all of a sudden, everyone loves Bob. Everybody loves Bob already, but then the Marge was like, oh, yeah, oh, you're friends with Bob? Like, nobody believed him, and like, it was one of those things. No, I swear, I'm, I'm telling you, it's just like that, that Mary Tyler Moore episode where Lou Grant knows uh, Gerald Ford. <laughs> you can't prove it until the end. Like, he knows, you know, he used to know all these people in Washington, and then it turns out he still does know the president. But... So they're making the record. So he sits in the back and he leaves all this stuff. And the judge calls him up and just says, Hey, do you think um, he would talk to the the crowd and say something? Like everybody was so excited. Even the judge was like, Well, can, he's like, I don't think he'll do that. He's like, Well, do you think he can at least get an autograph from my daughter? And like, Yeah, I think I can work that out. It was really fun. Like, it's right out of a movie where the, it, it would be like as if Taylor Swift came that exact way. And and would that not cause a stir in any courtroom? You you could be talking about a mass murderer that still even the mass murderer would be like Taylor Swift is here. I mean, it, it it's it was like that apparently. It was funny, and then they just you know remained friends after all that time, and it. Uh, but then and would go drinking like every night at this place, this bar that doesn't exist anymore, and they would just drink. They drink in the park. I guess Al Pacino liked the drink, and they'd have a good time together. And then um, something happened where you know Bob was uh, with the I don't know the, something like where the the federal the FDA guys the the, the feds had a <laughs> the, the feds had a screenplay they wanted Al Pacino to be in, and they were like, hey, "Can you introduce us?" I mean. I mean, this should be the movie. I mean, that's 
the, the FBI guys, the agents were like, hey, dude, hey, we, we got a screenplay. We'd like him. Do you think you can get him? Yeah, I could probably uh, get him for you. We hang out at this bar every night. <laughs> like it's, uh, so I think that's how it ended. These guys came to the bar and goes, just, just sit down. I'll, I'll, you know, if you, then you'll see that I know him. And, whatever. and then, of course, they couldn't contain themselves. They came over and they're like fed. So Hubbard was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? And he felt he had been betrayed and they never spoke again. But, oh, my God, is that not a movie in itself? That would be so funny where the, the FBI is like, I have a screenplay. I mean, you've seen that in Hollywood. They make movies like that all the time. But do you think Julie Roberts would be? Uh, oh, my God. I love this guy so much. He's so amazing. As a matter of fact, in his apartment, he has a picture of his brother, who I guess was also an attorney, who was like best friends with Judy Garland. He may have been a homosexual. And there's a big news headline about something. I just sent it to our friend Scotty who we always have on the Oscars. I'm like, Scotty, you're not going to believe this. He was, <laughs> I thought maybe he'd be like, Big Whoop, but no, no. He wasn't any Liza or Judy information. He is all in. He is a true homosexual, the real kind. <laughs> you want your gays to be in love with Liza and Judy. Those are the best kind of gays. Hello? <laughs> but, yeah, oh, my God, this guy, I told you, he's so fucking fascinating, so fascinating, and... That is such the tip of the iceberg of the stories he had while he was hanging around the city. He was gorgeous. I just saw a picture of him when he was younger. He was so good looking. Apparently, he was an actor. His other friend was Harvey Keitel. You know, he was hanging out with all these guys in the early 70s and stuff before he became a lawyer and realized possibly acting wasn't for him. But uh, it was so much fun going out with him today and having breakfast and just going like, I really did a great day off, you know, my day off kind of thing and having a, a breakfast and then just having some coffee with a beautiful view. And it was a really perfect day off that you're going to do something fun that you can't do when you're working that most people probably do on the weekends, but I don't have the opportunity to do. So I was excited. Listen, I don't know whether I told you this, but next, this Thursday coming up, I'm performing at this library in long island i i don't know whether i mentioned it to you guys my friend jules who i met a while ago books this library show in long beach long island and i'm 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 the headliner <laughs> I, I know i'm gonna do like 30 minutes i told her i only have 12 and i'm stretching it but I'm doing that this Thursday, and now all these people from work are coming, and my old job people are coming, and I'm like, are you sure? And I don't know. It's filling up, and I'm performing in the library. What is my first joke? Shh. Right? I mean, hello. <laughs> That's probably every comic's first joke, but I forgot about that in case any of you happen to be in the Long Island, Long Beach vicinity. I will be there this Thursday. I think it's called Comedy After Dark. You can even go on their site. And it's a star egg, Dave Juskow, from the Sarah Silverman program. Oh, he's oh he's good. He's good. Come on, everybody. Let's join Yogi's Gang. We're on a trip with a wacky ship. We'll have a lie on Yogi's Island. Down there, Yogi. It's Mr. Smog. Okie doke. Let's fix his smoke. There's one solution. 
to stop pollution. Hey, Yogi, it's a lot of litter. Hey, we'll have to take care of her some way. Uh-oh, it's the prankster and the greedy genie at three o'clock. Hey, let's fix their clocks. If those big goons ride away, the world would be so bright and gay. Let's try to keep it just that way. Hey, it's up to you and me. It's up to you. And you. And you. It's up to you and me. Hey, it's Yogi's Gang. I talked to my friend Teethy yesterday. She texted me yesterday, and she's like, hey, do you know Jessica Curson? And I'm like, I do. She goes, no, you don't. No, I I do. I've known her for years. We're good friends. No, you're lying. <laughs> I'm like, why, why would you think I'm lying? And then I think I sent her a video with us when she was on the, the Tuesday show or something, and she's like, this is amazing. And then I said, well, I'll take you to see her. But then I, I keep forgetting she's not 21 yet, so I got to wait. <laughs> And that's hilarious, too. Isn't it, though? But anyway, yeah, so I'll be performing at this library on Thursday, which is hilarious, and I got to get that together. So that's why I won't be doing any uh, challenges uh, next Thursday or seeing Rhoda, because I'm a very busy man. And tonight, however, after I leave you, I'm going to a screening of, I believe I told you this, that's something that Sarah and her manager are producing. In fact, let me go back now to Sunday. I'm going to go backwards this time. And, and all over the place, where I saw Jeff Ross's, Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General, I saw his one-person show called Take a Banana for the Road. Now, if you remember correctly, I was bad-mouthing Jeff Ross because I was so angry at him for the August 14th show where he was practicing this show on a festive night at the Comedy Cellar. When I knew I had Jeff Ross on the show and royalty, as it is, for sure, you put it together the show, you bring out the Roastmaster General, it's going to be a good time. And I've told you before, it was not a good time. People were disappointed. I was disappointed. I was furious. I didn't even want to talk to him for two months. I saw him at Sarah's party, and, and he was like, hey, can you come see the show? No. I hate you. <laughs> Obviously, I do not hate him, but you know what I'm saying. I'm still mad at you. He's like, can, no, can you, I just wanted to see a workshop. No. I hate that show. I hate that show because it's it's gonna it's gonna be awful because what the what the what you were doing on stage that night was horrible and I'm not interested. I am not interested in seeing a show about you and your grandfather. You already did that in the '90s, and uh, I didn't see it then, and it seemed interesting, but I don't know why you're revisiting it. All of this is stupid, and you're stupid. And I'm always setting it up this way because if you remember. Of course, and I use this as an example all the time, and I told Jeff this. The Blue Man Group. I cannot not use that analogy. Of course, as you know, the day that they told me about the Blue Man Group in 1986, 87, when they told me their plan, the guys from the Blue Man, two of the three of the guys from the Blue Man Group told me their plan, this is what they want to do. Not only did I laugh in their face, I think I took away their notepad and ripped it up. And I'm like, I'm doing you guys a favor. And of course, that show is is brilliant. So as you can see where this is headed, I'm very angry. I got to go to the show, but I have no choice. And Jeff calls me and he's like, I really want you to see the show. I need you to see the show. And I'm like, 
But he's like, can you come on Saturday? I'm like, I can't. Saturday was going Saturday. I can't. I got a show on my own Saturday. I had to go to the Rutherford show. So the only show I could go, Sunday, 5 o'clock during football season. Now I'm really incensed. But I have no choice. Sometimes, obviously, there are obligations in your life you must complete as a friend. I know I'm not going to be mad at this guy forever. He's my friend. I have to support him. It's the right thing to do as much as all of this is making me angry. And this is a stupid show. Well, I will tell you this. It was fantastic. This show was unbelievable. And again, Dave Juskow had no vision for what Jeff was trying to tell him the show was. No vision until I saw it put in front of me And now I get it. Oh, do you now? It was wonderful. It moved. It was perfect. The length was perfect. Everything about it was perfect. Even his outfit was perfect. He wore a bruised banana yellow suit. It was wonderful. It was at the Hard Rock Hotel, which I thought was on 43rd Street in Times Square. Thank God it was in another location. A really interesting venue. I think I only have one picture. And me, I bought my friend Evan that I go out with every Thursday because they went to high school together, him and Jeff. I'm like, let me take Evan. Let me not fool around. You know, I'll take Evan, who immediately did not get along with Sarah's matter. Evan is an acquired taste, as am I, which is, I guess, why we're friends. And he's always been like this, so it doesn't bother me. But yeah, he rubs people the wrong way, as do I, but very much like he's like my brother-in-law, who people don't like sometimes. And I'm the same way, but somehow I, by annoyance, win people over a little bit more than Evan and my brother-in-law. But it was really funny. She's like, I don't like your friend. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've been dealing with it since 1983. I guarantee he has to say the exact same thing about me in circumstances. Meanwhile, Evan's very picky, like me, very judgmental, And he loved the show, too. This show was fantastic. I don't know how to describe it, except that it had a multimedia presence to it. You know, there were slides, there were videos. It was really well-produced and well-directed. It had a violinist on the top and a piano player on the top, like to the top left and right in different locations. Jeff sang songs. You know, he's like, but my voice isn't good. I'm like, but it didn't matter. It was... The way it was, it's like your voice not being good made it better. And he was just, he was telling the story about his parents and his grandfather. I mean, why do you give a shit about Jeff Ross's life is, of course, the ultimate question. But when some, no matter who it is, if somebody can put a life that you don't know about and make it interesting, then who cares? Listen, Jeff has had a very tragic life. His parents died very young. Uh, when he was young and then he was raised pretty much by his grandfather and stuff. So, and they all worked at this catering. Well, it wasn't awful all the time, but it's a great story. And, and he really made it great. And some of it was moving and some of it was hilarious. And he was of course adding in the jokes and he's fucking professional. So the jokes, it wasn't like seeing a stupid one man show, Broadway show, which is usually okay, but the material joke-wise isn't there because they're not professional jokesters or comedians. But, you know, Jeff, you're actually laughing out loud because his 
his punchlines are the, the best. He still roasted people in the front, and then brilliantly at the very end, like I said, this hour and 15-minute perfect-length show. Remember, I don't like comedy shows that go over an hour if you're doing stand-up. I like 45 minutes. That should be the end, 50 tops. But for a one-man show, the standard is about 108 to 115. There's like a true thing that calls it a true one-man show. Hour and 15, perfect. And then he roasts people. Like, I mean, at the hour mark, maybe he roasts, he brings up people and speed roasts them. I'm like, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. He knows that's what the people want. If the people came and they didn't know what it was, at least at the end, he's giving them what they want. I compared it, and I told him all this the next day. I compared it to Adina Menzel when we went to see that horrible show, If Then, and if she had just sang Let It Go at the very end, everybody would have left this awful show happy. And this is what Jeff provided for the audience that needed it. And yet, it also works in a way like this was his trajectory. He became the Roastmaster General. He truly is the Roastmaster General. He is. He is. I mean, it's not like bragging or exaggerating. This guy has performed as the Roastmaster General at the O2 Arena, you know, in London, opening for Dave Chappelle. He truly is the Roastmaster General. You know it. So that's the other thing. It's not even bragging. It's just the facts. But the show was spectacular, and I only wish I had bought my mother and sister. There was a lot of Jewish stuff, which takes a lot of balls to do, unfortunately, in this climate. And he had all these songs that said, don't fuck with the Jews, but he wrote it before all this horrible stuff happened. And it was that made it also cool and gutsy. It's a, it's a risk for sure because what's going on right now and around the world and in America is just so horrible, so horrible, and everything is just anti-Semitic. It's just so bad. I don't understand how people are getting away with saying such things except that the Jews usually just kind of let things go, which is different from the other ethnicities that get picked on. And I guess that's why it continues to happen when nobody's sure what to do. Anyway, that all being said, seriously, this this was such a wonderful show. I cannot believe how much I turned around from being so angry going into it and then I just couldn't praise him enough. And, you know, when he called, I wasn't just blowing smoke up his ass. It was a really quality show. I wish I I wish he was doing it again and maybe he is. Actually, he told me he uh, is doing it in uh, Red Bank at the, the Count Basie Theater in March or April. So I'll definitely bring my sister. I'll, I told him I'll bring the mayor of Red Bank that day. But by then, you know, maybe he might take that out, depending on how really bad everything might be by then. So we'll see. But, yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to see it again. Can you believe this? Are you fucking kidding me? This guy, again, he had he had vision, and I didn't see it, and I guess that's why he's been able to be you know have money and maintain a, a, a presence all these years he's very smart like sarah and has vision and i have none right i have visions of my own i used to and now when other people are explaining to me i i don't get it i am the guy in the queen music movie queen the band who would say bohemian rhapsody are you kidding you want a couple of high school boys to go singing in a car, an opera song, a you out of your mind? 
Get the hell out of my office. That would be my role in every movie. I don't get it. What? You're going to have a homosexual sing a couple of songs to 13-year-old boys? You out of your goddamn mind? Yep, no vision. No vision until it's put right in front of me like a child. You can't explain it to me. I need to see the visuals and the spectacle, and then I'm like, oh, I see what you were Oh, my God, I am stupid. Because people call me, you know, creative and stuff. Oh, he's very creative. But I guess I'm not. Because if you can't see it, what somebody's trying to explain to you, somebody, an artist, <laughs> then what kind of... What kind of artist are you? Or I don't know. I guess I'm a different kind of artist, whatever whatever that is. I don't know. I'm an artist who only can visualize things from other things, from movies and TV. If, if, if it was done in Clueless, well, then I got a plan for it. And, then, and that's about where it ends for me. Oh, my. Oh, my. So that was, oh, and plus that day was the fucking stupid marathon i mean thank god i was working in the morning because i would have been woken up i had my windows open whistles whistles all day long whistles people right outside my window all day from nine o'clock until four until i left it for just clapping and plotting and whistles and i'm like i cannot concentrate on my work it was a goddamn nightmare it's it's a, it's a nightmare because it's like it's like a a form of torture that whistle just going off like somebody had a whistle like 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 uh like Kate Winslet on the Titanic that fucking whip remember that guy is blowing that whistle and then she takes it because he died and that guy's blowing that stupid whistle <laughs> I mean I know that whistle ended up saving her life but that whistle oh 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 my god did that suck <laughs> So on Monday, now I I think most of you know, I do a football pool. I've had a football pool for 20 or 30 years, maybe 30 years. My mother's in it. My Aunt Judy's in it. Sarah's in it. David Tell used to be in it. Greg Fitzsimmons, you know, all the boys, and then all people from my other jobs, Joe Messina, uh, Elon, you know, my new friends are in it, people from old jobs, uh, the head writer of Jimmy Kimmel's in it, the head of Bravo's in it. You know, it's a very eclectic crowd. One of the writers from The Walking Dead, all the people I've accumulated over the years, people from iCarly are in this pool. And... The guy that created the site I do the pool in, I've known for 30 years. His name is John, and we've been communicating because I run this pool for you. Like, you know, communicating to where Aunt Judy can't log in. Can you help? He's like, sure, I can help. You know, and we've been communicating for years. And then after about 10 years, we started talking a little more. He's like, we're talking about comedy and he's like, oh, we love comedy. My wife and I love comedy. I live in Denver. Can you recommend anything? And then I started getting him into shows. I'm like, here, I think I can get you two tickets to Tom Papa. And he's like, oh, my God, he was terrific. They, he actually met Rachel. And he's like, oh, we met Rachel. And Rachel never sent me the picture. So I still didn't even know what this guy looked like. 
And finally, after 30 years, he goes, hey, I'm coming to town in November, and I'd love to have coffee or something. I'd love to meet you. And he, I guess he was nervous. I was like, what? And I was like, oh, dude, I would love that. And he's like, oh, can you recommend any Broadway shows? I'm like, I will tell you Back to the Future is the only way to go, and you must go to the Comedy Cellar. And he's like, this is exactly, I was hoping the email to get that you wanted to meet and you know all this stuff. So I forgot he was coming in because he hadn't written me in a while. I guess he didn't want to bother me. And I couldn't do it Friday night because I went... Friday night, I went to Sarah's hotel room. Well, I'll tell you that in a second. And then Saturday, of course, I had the show in Jersey. And Sunday, and Sunday I couldn't because I was seeing Jeff's show. And he's like, well, we'd like to see that. I'm like, it's totally sold out. Jeff, unfortunately, had to buy comps for me and Evan because it was totally sold out and he paid for us so I can't get you into that which would have been probably perfect but I said Monday me and Chris Murphy are going to be watching the Jets game at Scruffy Duffy's so why don't you meet us there and he said we're, we're going to dinner in Hudson Yards we'll meet you after so he came with his wife and, and her brother because he was running the marathon that's why they're in town and his kids and they came to Scruffy Duffy's and it was great we had never met before we hugged. We had a couple of beers. We were having a re- he was a great guy, really great guy. As I knew he would be. You can usually tell when you're emailing somebody back and forth. And I've, maybe I've talked to him on the phone once before, and he has an amazing speaking voice. So I'm like, this guy seems really cool. And Rachel told me he was cool, so I wasn't worried. But I was mad because his wife and 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 his nieces, I guess, were sitting at the table. I'm like, well, why don't they come over and say hello? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, don't you think it's weird that I'm the guy you came to see and they don't want to say hello? Not because they were, I was just, why are they sitting? Why don't, maybe, it's like I almost was like, well, I can go over there, and, but I don't know. Something was weird. And then, so then they came to leave and they still didn't say hello. They wouldn't even look at me. And I was very angry about it. And I talked to their father and I'm like, what's that all about? He goes, oh, I think they're just tired. I'm like, no, no, that's no, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> I was angry about it. The rest, so Larry David, uh, but it didn't matter. John uh, and stayed. His wife even left, and we just hung out. The Jets game was a nightmare, so it was perfect actually. And then I walked him towards his hotel. I walked him to his hotel because it was kind of on the way home, and it was just really fun to meet a guy that you've been like a pen pal for thirty years. We finally you know, met each other. It was very entertaining and nice. And they finally saw Back to the Future. Loved it, I think. He said they loved it, but I got to make sure. Because, you know, I'm telling everybody to see that play. If you don't like Broadway, you got to see it. Now, tomorrow night, I'm seeing Guttenberg with my sister, Mark Opel, who, as you know, just retired as a teacher, and Dory. So annoying, Dory. And uh, that, my review... We'll be out next week. I can't imagine it's not going to be a rave. These two guys are fantastic Broadway stars. So that'll be exciting. But yeah, I think he liked it. So that's good. So far, I mean, you would hate to send somebody to a Broadway show that wouldn't like it. But they said they like Book of Mormon and stuff. So it seemed like we were all on the same page. But I don't know anybody that didn't like Book of Mormon. I mean, if you didn't like Book of Mormon, I don't think we could be friends. Book of Mormon's unbelievable. So anyway, what I was saying about Friday when I left you guys last time is that Sarah was staying at the Chelsea Hotel with her manager. That's where they put her up at the Daily Show. 
And the Chelsea Hotel is a legendary hotel for drug addicts and poets or whatever back in the 60s or whatever. And it's, you know, maintained. But then it's like come down. It's come up. I, I mean, it's always there. It's a landmark. It's a national landmark. And some other hotel chain took it over and they fixed it up. And I said to Sarah, I'm like, are you sure that's where you want to stay? Because I'm pretty sure that's still a dump. And she goes, no, no, they fixed it up. And I know this because my friend Steve still lives in that building as a tenant. So I say, if tenants still live at this hotel, that means they can't really renovate everything. They can't do an all-over renovation. So you know it still has to suck. There's still residents on that floor. It'd be like me living in a hotel. And I'm here, well, I'm okay, but like, you know, my next door, that crazy lady next door would still be your neighbor and just leaving trash on the floor or something. And uh, anyway, I found out later in the day, hey, we switched hotels. You were completely right about that. I'm like, well, that's what I thought. And they moved to hotels closer to me, which was fantastic. This is a terrific hotel. I don't know, somewhere on 56th Street. And boy, was it nice. What a change. Because she goes, yeah, I, I bought my luggage in. And the guy who was helping me was like so high. And he's like, oh, you, you need a hand with that? Hey, I think we hung out in the 90s, man. It was, it was like that. She's like, this hotel sucks. And then apparently there was a fire alarm going off. And she just goes to her manager, move us. <laughs> and um, that was done. But that it was just so funny because I'm like, I could have sworn I called my friend Steve to see if he still had his place there. And he said, yes. So that's the first thing I thought of. There's no way that could be a, a place. So then uh, we went to her hotel room, and she had never seen Vicky Cristina Barcelona, that wonderful Woody Allen movie with Scarlett Johansson and Rebecca Hall and Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz, who won an Oscar for it. And she had never seen it. Like, let's order food and watch it. I'm like, I'm in. And that is what we did. And boy, was that fun. Uh, that movie is fantastic. We ordered a whole bunch of room service. American? I'm Christina, and this is my friend Vicky. What color are your eyes? Uh, they're blue. I'd like to invite you both to come with me to Oviedo. To come where? To Oviedo. For the weekend. We leave in one hour. What? Where is Oviedo? A very short flight. By plane? Mm -hmm. What's in Oviedo? I go to see a sculpture that is very inspiring to me. Very beautiful sculpture. You'll love it. Oh, right. You, you, you're asking us to fly to Oviedo and back. Mm, no, we'll spend the weekend. I mean, I'll show you around the city and we'll eat well, we'll drink good wine, we'll make love. Yeah, who, who exactly is going to make love? Hopefully the three of us. Oh my God. I'll get your bill. Jesus, this guy, he doesn't beat around the bush. Look, senor, maybe in a different life. Why not? Life is short, life is dull, life is full of pain, and this is a chance for something special. Right, well, who, who exactly are you? I am Juan Antonio, and you are Vicky, and you are Christina, right? Or is it the other way around? Yeah, but, yeah, you know, right. it could be the other way around because, frankly, it doesn't matter because either of us will do to keep the bed warm. You know, I, I get it. Well, you're both so lovely and beautiful. Yeah, thank you, but we do not fly off to make love with whoever invites us to charming little Spanish towns. Does she always analyze every inspiration 
until each grain of charm is, how do you say, squeezed out of it? I guess I have to say that um, uh, my eyes are green, actually. Oh God! Look, I, I I wouldn't call our reluctance to leap at your sexual offer being overanalytical. If you would care to join us for some recognized form of social interaction, like a drink, then we'd be fine. But otherwise, I think you should try, you know, offering to some other table. What offended you about the offer? Surely not that I find you both beautiful and desirable. Offended me? No, it's it's very amusing, galling to be honest. But uh, <laughs> is it my imagination or is it getting a little late? I Should we go? I would love to go to Oviedo. What? Are you kidding? Can I we discuss? I think it would be so much fun. I think we should go. I would love to go. Christina, can we discuss this some other time? When you know, when I saw you across the room at the art gallery, I noticed you have uh, beautiful lips, very full, very sensual. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Look, I'm. You know, if you want to oh, go, I can't guarantee the love making because I happen to be very moody. Let's not negotiate like a contract. I came over here with no subterfuge and presented my best offer. Now I hope you will discuss it and give me the pleasure to take you with me to Oviedo. I have the good fortune to work on my friend's plane. It's just big enough for the three of us, and I'm a very good pilot. Oh, it sounds very safe. It was perfect. It was a great Friday evening. I didn't have to walk very far. And then I was like, you know what? I, I, I forgot. I was right on the same block as my car is. And I'm walking home and I'm like, ah, crap. I got to get my car because I need it tomorrow. And I think that street's going to be closed. Because that's the other thing. I always got to look up. Is the, car, is the street going to be closed? Will I be able to get my car? Because they close the streets from 9 to 6 often for some reason, that block. Whether it's for construction or crane removal or a stupid parade. And I'm like, let me get the car early on because I'm going to my mom's extremely early on Saturday. So I want to park it near my house. Because if I go to the parking garage at 5 in the morning, which is when I was going to go, they might not understand that I got to go to the garage and start my car with the battery. You know, if I go right now being 10, 11 o'clock, I might have a better chance of working this all out. So I actually backtracked all the way. I was like, oh, I can't believe I was right there. And it was the right thing to do. The car didn't start. So I you know, had to go down and took it out and then just parked right on my block and was ready to motor at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning because I had blown off my mom for two days. I had to go there 6 a.m. Saturday morning. I was so early. My mother's door doesn't open till 8 a.m. And that's when I start work. So I I just have to sit in the parking lot waiting. But I wanted to get Dunkin' Donuts for both of us. And I didn't want the coffee to get cold. So I was just sitting there kind of waiting in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot for it to be about 7.40. And then um, my mother now drinks just decaf. I guess something happened where she can only drink decaf. And boy, was that a to-do. I must have waited an extra seven minutes for a decaf. They got so confused. I guess nobody, it is true. Why would you go to Dunkin' Donuts if you can, if you can only have decaf, I guess? I, I don't know. Or maybe it was just a fluke. I mean, that they're like, decaf? Yeah, I, I need one regular and one decaf. 
decaf? I don't know why they were so fucking surprised. And so then, after I was with my mom, I went to the show in Rutherford, and our good friend Rachel Lenahan was on the show again with me. I couldn't have been more thrilled. And this kid comes in that I know, and I've seen him a hundred times, Tommy. He was wearing a fur coat and a hat, and I he let me put it on. So I got pictures for the bonus show. It's hilarious. I look like Joe Namath uh, sitting on the jet sideline. And then I said to Rachel, are you interested in maybe um, going to this bar that I found with Alan and Paul the other day? It's right next door. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, you are? Because normally she just really wants to go home right away. I'm like, really? Because that'd be great. So I went back to that place. I told her about the shepherd's pie, and she ordered the shepherd's pie too. I'm kind of in love with this girl. We got a coconut shrimp appetizer. It was delicious. And then we both got the shepherd's pie. They, of course, out of the Oktoberfest, classic. And I'm like, whatever. Just give me whatever you have. The waitress was awesome, but it wasn't the same one. But she goes, oh, the other waitress that you were talking about, Ra- Ra- the other Rachel was working at the bar tonight. And she goes, yeah, we love each other here. We're, we all hang out. The waitstaff all hangs out. This place is unbelievable. And the food is spectacular. I, I, I don't understand how I didn't know about it before. And it's all, I don't know, Gabriel, you, you've been mentioning, like, I told you about this place. I know you did. It's really good. And we had a really nice night. And we and we ate and it was fun. And then I, I gave her a ride, ride home. It was it was really terrific. I was so glad she wanted to hang out. Because usually she's always in a rush to go home. Anyway, I gotta get going because I gotta go to this screening, whatever it is. I'll tell you more about that this week. Uh, this week uh, tonight, we've got the great Wayne Fetterman. On the Tuesday show, very excited about that. We also have our interview with comedian Todd Barry. Two comedians for the price of one, Billy Joel and the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. The next week, we have this beautiful model on named uh, Noelle Leone. And she's going to be joining us in person, of course. What are we, idiots? And it should be a fun week. And remember, of course, you know, I'll be at the public library. I'll be at your nearest public library in Long Island. I'm doing a bunch of library shows. Uh, this Thursday, if you want to come out, 16th. And that's pretty much the story for Just Gal in the City, which I think, a quality episode. You let me know. What's your opinion? We'd like to know. I'm Dave Just Gal, and I'll see you next week on Just Gal in the City. Good night, everybody. Bye.